Hello and welcome to episode 25 of The Codec Call, the codecmoments.com podcast. Uh, I'm Andy Brown, at ClinicalAndy on Twitter, and as usual, Dr. Matthew Holt is here with me today, but we've got another guest. Uh, Graham Watkinson um, of Codec Moments fame is also here. Hello. Uh, Graham, what's your Twitter name? It's tech underscore father. I had to remember that because it's been so long since I've either had to write it down or say it. Um, I was worried I was going to get that wrong, but yes, it's tech underscore father. It's like the really modern equivalent of having to remember your own phone number. Yes, yeah. Don't ask me for my mobile number because <laughs> A, I wouldn't give it out on this podcast, but also I probably wouldn't remember it either. So, <laughs> And Matthew, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's um, a Friday night when we're recording. We're about to go into a bank holiday weekend. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah. F- cool, aren't we? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're all sat here, video conferencing, recording a podcast, beers in hand. It's a nice Friday night. Probably far less exciting than the Friday nights that we used to do, but... Yeah, that's true. Because um, they generally involved the cheeky girls and a lot of booze. And no more said about that. Try not to swear. I do it occasionally, but then it's me who's got to bleep it out. Was it aimed towards me specifically? Just because Matt knows. <laughs> yeah, I, I know not to swear. <laughs> yeah. Andy doesn't remember that fact. I don't, but then I'm the one who's got to do all the hard work editing it out. I did forget, I forgot the rules about swearing. I was meant to ask, but now that that's clear, I, I won't effing swear at all. <laughs> I'm concentrating fully on, on touching my MacBook at all times because for some reason I have an earthing issue. So if I do not touch it at all times, there's a strange feedback noise. So that's that's my aim for this evening always touch the macbook just give us a blast oh man there we go Runs right through me yeah. that's that's yeah i think it's the brown note i was just gonna say you need to turn the volume up and listeners need to have that brown note <laughs> there you go we listen to graham on this podcast and <laughs> ourselves yeah if i ever go solo and do my own podcast that's what i'm going to call it now what the brown note yeah <laughs> oh that is perfect as well that's my new project. Right. Okay. Um, so that's the introductions done. It's episode 25. That Already. seems significant. I've listened to a lot of them on the train, and uh, it's, I'm not entirely sure whether I'll listen to this one, because I'm not entirely sure I want to listen to my own voice on that train journey into London in the morning. So You really do want to listen, because they, they sound nothing like how we record them by the time they actually go out. That's because you're the best editor in the world. I'm pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll record for four <laughs> hours. Um, the podcast will be half an hour long. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's uh, that's the three of us. We're here today to talk about some of the games that we've been playing. We're going to be uh, talking about some stuff in the news that's made us double take, and uh, we're going to have a bit of a discussion about gaming and and No Man's Sky because uh, I believe legally we're obliged to talk about No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's, it's been out less than two weeks, so we must. It's, yep. it's the law to talk about No Man's Sky. Everyone else in the world is talking about No Man's Sky, so I, I guess we need to join in. Oh, yeah, let's get on that bandwagon. Okay, uh, we're also going to have a quiz. I've done another quiz. You excited, boys? I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. And then Matt is going to... Yeah? Matthew? Yeah? No, I'm just I'm mm-hmm. excited to actually have a teammate for the quiz, so I'm hoping it's a bit of a cooperative one. It is a cooperative one. There's not We're not, we're not fighting each other. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be it's going to be nice. Unless it's football results from the 70s. Um, oh, don't be excited, Matt. You're going to carry me all the way through this, I'm sure. 
<laughs> I hope it's not that. Graham Watkinson, you've actually known me for 20 years this July. Do you honestly believe it's going to be anything to do with football? No, 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 of course. That's what I'm saying. That's that's why I'm squarely putting all of our uh, kind of fights and uh, correct answers in, in Matt's court. So uh, good luck, Matt. Cheers. Excellent. Okay. And uh, after that nonsense, then um, we're going to catch up with Codec Momentum for August and see um, see who's doing well with that. And when I say who's doing well, I mean I'm going to be gloating. I'm going to be quiet. (laughs) Right, let's move on. Okay, so uh, games we've been playing. Quick discussion about that. Um, And I'm going to throw it to Graham. Okay, well, my list is is long, but I will run through it relatively quickly, uh, which will become apparent why I run through it quickly in a second. Um, So for those of you who don't know, I'm a father of three. My oldest has turned nine just recently, so uh, for his birthday, he's got several games. And uh, we'll start at the bottom. He's got Lego uh, The Force Awakens. Um, So I have been playing it a little bit, um, more so with him rather than sort of by myself. But uh, I know we've reviewed it through Codec Moments, so I won't go on too much about it. But... I've reviewed other Lego games in the past, and it's up where the, with the best of them. Um, I do think that some of the puzzles are slightly more tricky for the younger generation to kind of figure out, but um, it's certainly not impossible. So I've enjoyed it. It looks good. It sounds good. Um, and it's in line with the film, which is all, always good, in my opinion. Um, I've been on holiday for the last um, two weeks in Tenerife. And my son managed to discover a uh, console or a pair of consoles in the reception where you paid one euro and you got 10 minutes of Xbox. uh, I think it was the original Xbox kind of uh, console. So obviously the games were relatively limited, um, but we still managed to spend about 25 euros on Need for Speed Undercover. (laughs) When I think about how much money I pumped into (laughs) arcade machines in my youth, though, adjusted for inflation that seems like pretty good value it was yeah i mean i think i thought it was good value until i was kind of uh, was no was faced with the the six games that you could play and i think bear in mind that the best game that you could play was need for speed undercover i think it kind of sets the bar (laughs) as to kind of where we were going on that but um to be honest when we were watching strange flamenco dancers dancing in the uh the entertainment um the kids were happy on that so I'm, I'm happy as well so um because we've been away there's been a couple of games that uh i've played which uh, have been solely on my phone and they've been used to uh keep my kids happy for hours and hours on the plane one of them is hungry shark which i actually oh, downloaded uh. based on a, a recommendation on a on a recent or a previous podcast um from <laughs> from andy Gave me at least 10 minutes of entertainment until I got slightly bored of being stung by jellyfish. So uh, I, I passed that to one of the children and they uh, remained happy eating swimmers for the, uh, the the duration of our flight to Tenerife. So, uh, so you gotta you got to go for the people. Well, it seemed to give the most points. And worryingly, it seemed to give them the most kind of pleasure as well. So um, that was very disconcerting. <laughs> Something else which was on the phone that I missed the first time round, and I don't, I don't really miss it. I knew it was there, but I just never downloaded it. Was uh, Plants vs Zombies two? So the original, um, on the phone, you lay your plants to 
kind of fight off the horde of zombies. And to be honest, it's fantastic. And I'm back from holiday, and I'm still playing it on the train. Um, That's a good sign. To, to be honest, any second I get, the wife says, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just kind of fighting the zombies again. And uh, yeah, she thinks I'm nuts. But uh, yeah, so it's it's a, a good one to, to find. Um, I'm still playing Battlefield 4. Um, don't ask me why. I'm still not very good at it. I don't think I've ever been good at it in terms of the multiplayer since I, I reviewed it for Codec Moments. It must be, what, 18 months, two years ago? I think it's even longer than that. Is it? Is it two and a half years? Has the PS4 been out three years this year? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. And that was near enough a release title, so it's it's not far off three years since. Yeah, but I mean, they've they've kept me interested because they've obviously offered new maps and, and, and ways of purchasing them. And I, I was going to go for the uh, the Battlefield 4 Premium sort of pack, which was going to... Well, no, I was going to open up all of the downloadable content. It was going to cost me 40 quid. I was actually about to do that, and then I kind of just checked back through the downloads, and I could actually see that you could download Battlefield 4 Premium for £13, and that actually included all of the downloadable content that I was about to purchase separately. So I got basically 40 quid's worth of, of downloadable content by actually going back. You buy the Premium edition of Battlefield 4, and all it does is just downloads the additional content. So It's pretty good. I mean, it's an, it's an awesome multiplayer game, and up until Wednesday, the the kind of vanilla edition of Battlefield 4 was up in the sale on the PlayStation Store for, was it two ninety nine or three ninety nine? It was something ridiculous. Silly cheap. money. Yeah, if you if you didn't have it, you really should have got it then. It's Yeah, I mean, I think it, it can carry on going as well. I mean, we'll talk about Battlefield 1 um, later on, but um, I just think personally, I mean, I'm a Battlefield person through and through. Um, I've played Call of Duty games in the past, but my, I'm, I'm definitely my... My flag is up in the Battlefield camp, and I think even when Battlefield 1 comes out, I don't think it will be a game that I stop playing. I think I will just still pick it up from time to time to play on the multiplayer levels, because I think, to be honest, I'm not I'm still not good at it, so it's still a challenge. I think when a game becomes a challenge and when a multiplayer kind of level become doesn't become a challenge anymore, it gets boring and you put it down. So as it's still a challenge, it's still going to be sort of one of the games that I play. Um, obviously, I've played Democracy 3. I've reviewed it for Codec Moments. I don't want to talk about that at all, <laughs> if I'm honest. I mean, I got, crikey, I must have got at least 500 words um, out of it as a, as a review. So uh, I think uh, uh, enough said on that one. Um, I've also rekindled FIFA 16 because my son, uh, again, he's he's now, he's never been into football, but he's now suddenly decided that he wants to play FIFA 16 or, or any FIFA games as much as he can and he's actually getting quite good at it on a Sunday morning we play a three game championship and we've been doing this for the last two months so we play and obviously I'd like to say that I am still a little bit better than him so when I go one goal ahead we have certain rules so when I go one goal ahead I'm only allowed to do lob passing and if I go two <laughs> goals ahead I'm only allowed to do slide tackles and then if I go three goals ahead I'm only allowed to shoot outside the box and, and that that kind of um, kind of penalty for getting that goal ahead just kind of it creates that level playing field. And to be honest, if I just played him and I was Barcelona and he was Real Madrid, I'd kick his ass every time. But he chooses who I am. And quite often we have Barcelona versus Accrington Stanley or, or Barcelona versus Barnet. Another one of the, uh, the favourite uh, games that we play, but uh, yeah, it's just it, it just shows that you can have a game that's almost a year old. FIFA 17 is coming out soon, 
but we're still trying we're, we're still creating ways of making it fun which is which is really good i've played wwe 2k15 against your son and oh man it was a, a horrifically painful experience yeah there's certain games that he is is ridiculously good at i mean luckily fifa is is not quite one of them but yes i too have uh, been beaten to a pulp at the hands of my nine-year-old son at uh, <laughs> wwe wrestling so yeah Less, less said about that than the other. So another one of the games that he actually, uh, under no kind of um, pressure from myself, with his birthday money, he's purchased F1 2016, which I know Matt is, uh, has been playing as well. Um, yeah. And I'm loving it. It's, it. it's great. It's still bordering on being slightly too easy on the easy settings. And if you've got everything kind of turned on or turned off or whatever it is, it's a little bit easy. I mean, I'm a Red Bull in the career that I'm doing at the moment, and every race I'm at least four seconds a lap ahead of, of a Mercedes. But then if you go the other way and you make it really hard and you want to do manual gear changes and kind of really create that kind of simulation, it then gets ridiculously hard. So you either want to have it nice and easy, in my opinion, or really hard. Um, but there doesn't seem to be that easy kind of, I don't know, in between. I don't know how you've found it, Matt. I've found that that customization aspect of it um, with the difficulty is, is pretty tricky to balance. Like you say, it's either too easy or too hard. You've really got in there and tweak the the various options that let you, well, I'm going to say that it's, it's the ABS, it's the braking assist. I don't know about you, I never play with braking assist. That's completely pointless because you overshoot a corner it just stops your car dead. Um, but the it's balancing off all those aids against the AI difficulty, and if you get that sweet spot, you can be battling. But I've, I think you do have to be in the lower teams, because I've been um, I've been playing my career as uh, a McLaren, and again I'm ahead of the Mercedes because I've probably got it set slightly easy on the AI front. Um, mm. But I, it's just I keep tweaking and tweaking as I get more and more used to the game, and I think the thing that I've found probably the most challenging to get on top of has been the just the traction control, and just knocking that down one setting suddenly gives you a really lively rear end on the car, and you feel like you're skating around the corners rather than actually having full control, and that seems to have brought me into uh, the pack racing side of it. So I think it's just finding the right assist to tweak for your particular driving style and it's going to be different for everyone yeah i think you're right i think we've only been playing it for about a week and a half and i mean i would say that i think even on the easiest settings with every all everything all assists on there doesn't seem to be that arcade mode that my son certainly in in that age bracket can kind of pick up and play he, he like he played a bit of moto gp on holiday um and he really wanted to get a racing game which kind of lent him to kind of choosing this title but he started to get disconcerted and I've really had to kind of get him to keep practicing, keep doing the practice laps and, and you will pick it up and get better at it. But it's certainly, I don't think, certainly for the younger generation, it's not a game that you can pick up and play. And I think certainly for the older generation, I think you can have it too easy if you do just want to pick up and play and not really think about it too much. But maybe I think for the real kind of diehard simulator fans, I think it's got that right kind of level of difficulty and, in the case that you have to play it for quite a few hours to pick it up because let's face it if you if you didn't have that level of difficulty or that level of tweaking to try and get yourself comfortable with how it plays um i i think some people would probably kind of lose interest so um 
I think no, it's, it caters caters for all um, to a certain extent. I think. Yeah. No. I think. I think you're absolutely right. It's a. It's a little bit like dirt rally in that respect. Um. That in effect, it's a. It is actually a proper sim game if you turn everything off and if you play it like that. But it's also accessible as well. Um. And it is a difficult balance to get. But I, I'm with you. I think it's probably the best F1 game I've played ever. It's it is really really well done. Yeah, I mean, I think if if Noah hadn't have spent his birthday money on it, I think I would have purchased it myself. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so that's 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 one of the the kind of pick of the bunch from certainly the the last sort of couple of weeks. Um, the last game that I've been playing, which I think the majority of the world have been playing, or certainly the UK have been playing at least for one week, um, is No Man's Sky, um, which we will uh, discuss. A little bit later on, I don't know whether you want to sort of touch upon it now, Andy, or uh, leave it for uh, a bit more of a discussion later. Uh, I'm, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Says it all. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, we will. Uh, we will be obviously uh, talking about it later in the show. So until then, Matthew, what have you been playing? Uh, a few things. Um, now, and this this we probably won't get into a proper discussion on, but. Um, We've been talking recently about games you can quickly get into when you haven't got a lot of time. And my, in fairness, my time since the last podcast recording has been extremely limited. Um, and I, I haven't had much of an option, maybe maybe half an hour at the end of a day to get into something. So it's been a bit of a struggle to, to find games to play. And then when I started writing them down ready for this, um, I realized it's quite a big list. But it just means exactly I've played lots be. of different things and, and not really spent a lot of time on any of them. Um, so I think I'll, I'll shout out, I did finish Mirror's Edge Catalyst um, so we could review it. So I won't talk about that. Head to the site, read the review on there um, and see whether it's something you'd, you'd be interested in picking up. Um, I'm going to also give a shout out. I played quite a bit of Worms WMD, um, which is nice because you don't need a lot of time to get into that, especially if you're familiar with the series. Um, but that came out last week, and it is lovely. Fantastic game. Um, again, read the review, but it's it's a cracking game. F1 2016 we've talked about. Um, but I think the two two that I'll mention, um, I did Gone Home because it came to PS that? Plus. Um, and you know what? I, re- I enjoyed it. It's quite a nice, small, contained experience. It looks really nice. It builds a story very well. It actually starts out being quite creepy, but it's not a horror game. Um, it's just maybe a little unsettling to begin with because you are wandering around a house with no one around and just trying to pick up a story of what's going on. It's good. I have to say I was a little bit disappointed with the ending, um, only because it's blindingly obvious from the story that you've been told. I was hoping for a bit of a twist, and there wasn't one. So it was quite a nice ending, but at the same time I was a little bit disappointed in it. Um, but I'd say if you've picked it up on Plus, or even if you haven't, it's probably worth spending a few quid on and, and, and having a go at. So is this kind of the spiritual predecessor to uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture? It's that style of game. Um, I refuse to use the moniker that most people stick with them because I don't think it's particularly fair. But it's, it, it is very Walk, much... Walking uh, simulators. Yes. Bleep yourself for that one. Um, <laughs> it's, it is... It is of that style, but it's a, it's that first-person storytelling and the exploration and letting you discover the story and solve the puzzles. And it, it's I quite enjoyed it, but like I said, it was just the very end of it. I was like, oh, well, we knew that from the 
25 million documents that I've read so far. I'd, I'd have liked a little bit of a twist, but it doesn't detract from actually a very well-told story. I did read that it was the 2013 finalist for excellence in narrative. When did you read that, Greg? Uh, just out of interest. Uh, three and a half seconds ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, no, it's it's good. It's worth a go, especially in fairness. It was on plus, so I haven't paid for it. So it was just um, just well worth having a crack at. I think I did it on uh, two hours on a Saturday morning before everybody woke up. So it wasn't a bad one. Um, what was the other one I was going to talk about? And again, this this is where the the time factor really hits home. I got sent a copy of Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, and I've had forty minutes with it in five days which is really disappointing because it's the type of game you really need some proper time with. And I I love the sci-fi story, the whole stealth mechanic aspect and the freedom of choice. Um, and I'm just not getting any time to really go at it. Now, you see, my wife had a case dropped on her at about five o'clock in the afternoon yesterday for this morning. So she was up. Well, do, do we about... need to mention that's a, a legal case for her profession rather than somebody dropping yeah, a case on her head? Good point. Yeah. She wasn't she wasn't at a train station and somebody uh, somebody injured her. Um although she is a lawyer, so there's what there's no win, no fee. Um she was up to about half one prepping it, so I got a few hours in on it last night. You've probably gone way past <laughs> where I am. <laughs> no, I will I will go to bed soon, darling, honestly. Um, I am really enjoying it. I've got um, I've got into the kind of the main hub and um, been wandering around cleaning up a few side missions, and it's just it's that Deus Ex fun, you know. It's it's human uh, revolution with slightly nicer graphics, and uh, I'm assured that when I get to a boss fight, it won't be uh, horrifically skewed against me. But it is. It's it's really nice so far, and it's that moment of um, it's those little moments of of story beyond the story do you know when you you pick up on the subtext or you you just pick up on little things the world building i love that yeah. the i was doing a side mission earlier on and i won't say what it was or where i was or what i was doing but i was trying to find my way into an apartment building okay so just into one particular apartment and i thought well i'll go and i'll scout round you know above i'll go scout round below or go to the sides and i'll go and see if i can find an alternative route into this apartment yeah and eventually I did, but one of the first things I realised as I was scouting around was I was actually, I'd, I'd broken into the apartment next door. I was in my boss's apartment. Ah, nice. So, so I stole his stuff. And I was saying this to somebody earlier, it, it's it's a brilliant game. You can choose exactly how you want to play it. You can be stealthy, you can, you know, you can be a complete arse or you can be benevolent. And I am, I like to describe myself as the white knight who will help anybody who needs it and then steal all their stuff when they're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually gone um, away from a usual play style with this. I, I'm still playing it stealthy, but I have made Adam Jensen the atypical ass. he he is a mean mean man um which i didn't play him like that in uh human revolution i I was probably that very much the white knight who nicks everything but no he he you do not want to cross in this game um but it's i I just need more time more time with it it is a game that's going to soak up a lot of time but you know what it's one one that i want to find the time for yeah well we're, we're long weekend here in the uk so i'm hoping i'll get a few hours onto it with any luck <laughs> so what else matt what um else 
I'll I'll give out two two honourable mentions then. Um, Bloodborne, one piece of advice: um, don't start playing that when you've only got half an hour. Simple. <laughs> you're never going to fit anything in. You're never going to get into it. Um, and so it went back off again. Um, but I do want to get into it in the future. And Hitman, because we did elusive target number eight, and we broadcast that on YouTube. Um, it didn't go particularly well. Damn AI. Um, <laughs> really badly. Yeah, but the Bangkok episode has come out and this weekend in particular is elusive target number nine and I've not touched either of them. So I, I want to get into Bangkok and have a go um, at the mission there, but it's just, it's, it's as and when at the moment, unfortunately. Um, maybe, so uh, that's maybe we it. should try and share play that this weekend. It'd be good. If, if I manage to get some time over the weekend, maybe we'll do that. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Oh, and a quick mention of Deus Ex Go as well, because uh, again, we were very nicely sent a review copy, um, and then seven days later, I was hassled to say, "Why haven't you reviewed it yet?" And I had to go back and say, "Because oh, really? I've not played it." Um, I did start that. Um, yeah, quite like it. The go, the go stuff has always been good, and I loved Hitman Go. And you know, this is just more of it, but with a little bit of a different take on the puzzles. It's what I like about the Go series is is that they've put out three games now that all look aesthetically very similar um and i think people kind of say oh well they're all a bit samey but actually no the the three have got a very unique feel to the way they play they have they have definitely i've been playing it too it is good i recommend it highly um i bought it on ios and i would say looking at the other two games i wait for it to drop in price maybe i've reserved my judgment i am going to finish it and review it this weekend I, i made a promise Cool, excellent. Okay, well, I guess that leaves me then, doesn't it? Uh, yes, yes. Like I said, uh, quite a few games, but just not really a lot of time on any of them. And um, one, um, one mystery game which I've not mentioned, which Graham did mention, which the entire reason we're on this podcast. That might be why I've not played anything else. <laughs> For full disclosure, I too have played No Man's Sky. Um, what else I've played? I've played Hitman, but do you know what? I've not because because I want to play with you, Matthew. I've not played. That sounds dodgy, actually. Oh. I've not played the Bangkok levels yet. Oh, that is a shame. You should have done. Don't have to wait for me. <laughs> like a gooseberry sitting over here, just listening to you two chat about Hitman. You should buy it, Graham. You'd love it. I did try and buy it. It's just the PlayStation <laughs> Store wouldn't let me upload a new credit card number. If I if it did, then I would have already got it and probably not had the time <laughs> to play any of the levels that you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> so I have played. I have played a bit of that, but I'm not going to mention it. Although I just have, um, I played Batman: The Telltale series, um, episode one, Realm of Shadows, which the reviews up on the site. It's it's well worth playing, and it's really interesting take on it because you you play an awful lot of Bruce Wayne, and it's nice to it's nice to do that, and that you know a bit of world building there. Yeah, it's um, on reading that it sold it to me, and I think it's one I'll be picking up when probably all the episodes are out. I reckon you should because it is um, it's good. I've played a few games for Codec Momentum. Do I mention them now or later? Leave them till later. I, oh, do you know what? I installed the Titanfall 2 pre-alpha tech test. Ooh. Any good? Ooh. I, I, I couldn't really tell you. I didn't get on it until too late, and the only thing I could do was the training <laughs> section and watch the promotional video about how good it looks. Um, it looks fun. I'm not, I'm not going to put in a pre-order yet, but it does look fun. As a bit of an aside... What the hell is a tech test? What what are they actually testing, or is it just another name for uh, an alpha or a beta, which is basically just an early demo? 
No, it's it's not because it's a pre-alpha tech test. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. what what is it other than a, just a oh. very early demo? It's just a different I, name to make them sound better and good. Let's ask the the marketing expert. Well, you've got to come up with a different name for what everyone else calls their beaters. Otherwise, you're just going to be run of the mill and everyone's going to go, oh, it's just a beater. So if you call it something exciting, like an alpha tech test, then everyone's going to go, wow, it's an alpha tech test. Let's let's look at this. Unless you're Andy, who looks at it too late and only obviously gets a very small proportion of what they're uh, what they're trying to do. So, uh, yeah, it's all just smoke and mirrors. That's all marketing the, is. <laughs> the way I see it is it's a bit like drug dealing. You, you give them a little bit for free a couple of times and then come October, sorry, mate, it's going to be 40 quid. So it's the US. Well, it was, what do they do in the US? They, they buy you, is it the fourth drink is on the bar? Because statistically, <laughs> if you have three drinks, you're likely just to kind of go. If you have the fourth drink, you're there for the night. <laughs> do you know, I did not know that. I think it was your brother that told me that. Oh, this is this is my brother who, who also says... Eye level is buy level and retail is detail, but actually genuinely means it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, no, no I, I just the the, um, the whole as soon as we've hit the alpha and beta and tech test um, phase, it just seems remarkable coincidence that you no longer get game demos. I think it's an important thing. I think we should have demos, and I think also though, if it's a genuine technical test to you know balance server load and try and iron out the wrinkles of of day one on big games then absolutely by all means but i guess it depends on the volume of people that you actually have in it and that's where i suppose the open beaters have more value than the closed ones yeah yeah Um, and we'll get to an open beater fairly soon oh god it's it's like we planned this um so what have i actually been playing um dead island i went back to dead island I never no. went to Dead Island. I really wanted to go to Dead Island because it's really of the, good. I because of the trailer, just the trailer had me, but I just never got around to playing the actual game. So it's well worth the budget price it's at for the remaster because the remaster has put it in the um, Dying Light engine. So not only have you got the the fun gameplay that it had because it, it's not perfect, but it's fun. Um, but it doesn't crash anywhere near as much as it used to. It hasn't crashed once yet, actually, and that is a miracle for Ted Island because I seem to remember spending more time on the XMB playing that game than I ever <laughs> did in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably most of the time we're shouting at each other, where have you gone? Where have you gone? <laughs> yeah, honestly, my um, I think it's the only time I've ever gone over my unlimited text message allowance when um, <laughs> I was trying to play that with you. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, Dead Island in the Dying Light engine is good. It does, it does miss the agility of dying light but it but it makes up for it in the humor of the game i feel yeah it, and, and that's very you do know that it's a four or five year old game and and you do know that the team have learned a lot especially after you've played dying light but for what it is what it does um it's still remarkably fun it still holds up really well actually i thought so um yeah dead island go back and play it. and the other thing i've been playing because we um we got um, we got a code for the Just Cause Three XL edition, which I'm reviewing the DLC of because we we reviewed Just Cause Three when it came out. So I'm looking at the Sky Fortress, the Mechland Assault, and the Bavarium Heist DLC, which I hope to have written up by kind of the end of next week, probably. Um, just through the time. The one thing I worked out about this is Just Cause Three is a game that everybody should have to play for an hour a week. 
Or just because of the carnage, the mayhem, the yeah, absolutely. Just, just, just completely. I think if everybody had an hour a week just venting all their frustration, will there be no murders or? I think, I think that's exactly and- what would happen. I think the murder rate, the crime rate, would probably fall through. The I'm putting my wife out of work here, but it, it, I think it could do great things for society. Either that or death by grappling hook will just skyrocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fourth person grappled to a propane tank that's been shot into the air this week. <laughs> I must say, the number one game that Noah, my nine-year-old, wants to play this week is Just Cause. Um, and I keep telling him no, because I think it's a, a Peggy 18. <laughs> is this the same son who once said to you, can I watch you play Grand Theft Auto if you put it on mute? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah. And I did put it on mute, and and I actually took made it so that you because you can't you, there's a setting that means you you're it's you're passive you don't have guns, yeah. but then within ten minutes I still I realised that you could still run people over in which he was doing with great abundance, and I was like, yeah, time for me to take that back now. Um, so yes, yes, but uh, yeah, no, he wants to play Just Cause, and he wants to. Uh, I mean, he watches YouTube videos, which is the problem, because he watches those and he kind of sees the gameplay, and I, I don't think that's particularly bad in itself, but obviously I think the game itself is, is obviously a, an 18 for a reason, but kind of, yeah, in the same week he, he wanted to play Just Cause, he also wanted to watch Deadpool as well, so there was two things that I had to draw the line to um, that week. It's it's a no from me. Yes, it's, that's a double no on on that score. I don't think I. I think muting Deadpool wouldn't kind of do anything. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's me. That's that's what I've been playing. Um, that's everyone. That's cool. us. Yep, that's that's done. Okay, well, if you want to let us know what you've been playing in the past month or so, then uh, you can drop us a line. You can tweet at Codec Moments. Or you can tweet Graham and I as well. That's always nice. I love, uh, love being tweeted. Yeah, if um, if you're old, like Colm, uh, then you can email contact-us at codecmoments.com. We presume we don't have a postal address <laughs> for anyone older than that. Or you can give us a call on 0181811 We've got a number you can wire things to. <laughs> Play that, play that sting. Move it on. Let's move on. Okay, so it's that part of the podcast where we uh, we take a look at some of the things in the news that have come out this week that make us do a bit of a double take. WTF. What's that, fellas? WTF. So, Matt, do you want to go first? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I do want to go first. Um, well, because I know what I have to talk about. Um, Metal Gear Survive. Mm, looks good. The Konami Milky Machine is in full effect. That they knew or know full well that they'll never replace Kojima. They'll never create a game that will live up to fans' expectations. But rather than let the franchise die, <laughs> so they've, why um, <laughs> they've decided to... Um, <laughs> they've decided. I can't actually believe I'm saying it. Um, they've decided that the soldiers that weren't killed in the events of uh, Ground Zeroes were taken through a wormhole to another planet dimension. Who knows? Um, where there are zombies. So Metal Gear is now a zombie game, a co-op zombie game, and we know how well co-op zombie games go, don't we? Resident Evil. <laughs> Although, admittedly, 
Still probably not the weirdest thing that's ever happened in a Metal Gear game. No, no, not the weirdest thing, uh, but definitely the one that makes you go, oh my God, that'll be crap. I've got, I have no faith and no confidence. And then when I heard the follow-up story that said it's a budget price title, um, so it's going to be about 20, 25 quid, I, I just thought that it is a quick knockoff. It's going to use the same engine. It's probably going to use the same tech, the same mechanics. Um, I've just, I haven't, so I haven't seen anything. Fox engine, though. They've, they've got to do something with well, no, it, right? they've, and they've got to use it because you can't just use it in Pro Evo every year and, and nothing else. Um, but it's... It just doesn't appeal, and I think it's the type of thing that they've only whacked the Metal Gear name on it to try and make it sell. Which is the irony, because actually the people who, who, you know, really want another Metal Gear game don't really want this. I watched Rob Pearson from PlayStation Access um, and Dave Jackson come out of the the preview, the trailer at Gamescom. Yeah, and if you if you watch the video they do about it, it is quite funny because they're obviously trying to be positive about it. I get the feeling they may be contractually obliged at this stage to be positive about it. <laughs> but you can see in his eyes that Rob Pearson is dying. Yeah, I suppose it, it might stop having a day, stop Dave having to tick off those Metal Gear mention markers on his uh, <laughs> his weekly video board. But yeah, it's just, it, it is just worse. I didn't think we'd get worse than the Pachinko machine. And yet they managed to do it with a new game. <laughs> and I hope they put out some Zen pinball tables. Even they would be better. Not much, but they would be better. Okay, so Metal Gear Survive is a thing. It does look bad. It does look bad. Yeah, graphically it looks all right. I mean, you can't knock that. We do know how good the engine is. It's just, it's the premise that it just stinks. And I I don't want it to fail because I would like to see a new Metal Gear game at some point in the future, but I think this will fail. Um, and that'll kill the franchise. Yeah, the, the irony is is that if I want a co-op Metal Gear game, I want Metal Gear 5 or something similar with co-op features. I, I want to be able to sneak around an, a base with my mate or mates and choose to play it either stealthily or you know go all out or create diversions and actually take down uh, areas with good AI, good enemies as a team. I don't want to be fighting mindless crystal head zombies no no it's um it's disappointing it, i think that's probably what it comes down to it's just a disappointing use of the franchise well, they looked at call of duty zombies and gone oh zombies yeah that's that they work yeah that'll make us a bit of money well it is you're not far off it's uh it's mm. it's left for dead it's the zombies mode it's uh resident evil what, what do you call it well we had, what did we have raccoon city and then the recent one umbrella core yeah, it's just and and both of those completely bombed. I mean, that Umbrella Core people were uninstalling it six hours after buying it. Should that not be a guide that four player co op zombie survival um just doesn't work? Evolve, I mean, Evolve has gone free to play because the monster hunting aspect it's just not engaging people. So it, it I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will redeem itself. I I just can't see it. And um, and maybe we'll be wrong. Yeah, maybe, maybe we will. I just don't feel like it at the moment. All right, so um, that's Metal Gear Survive. What else has uh, what else has come out this week? So, uh, leaked on was it Gumtree of all places? I think it was uh, the PlayStation Four Slim. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think it looks that bad. I like the look of it. I I object to the fact that it doesn't have an optical port, and that that's based on very 
very selfish reasons in that I've just bought a pair of Astro A40s and they need the optical port to operate. Oh, oh that is that is good because all I was going to say to you is, well, just buy a new amp. But um, if it's actually based on your headset, then that is quite frustrating. Anything happens to my PS4 and the Neo has an optical out, then um, I think you know what's happening, don't you? <laughs> it's interesting you say that because whilst I was putting the um, Deus Ex disc in the other day, um, the PS4 had decided it wasn't going to register the eject of the previous game, um, which we will come oh. to shortly. And I was sat staring at it as it wouldn't register Mankind Divided, and I was beginning to think, am I going to have to buy a new machine? When's the Neo out? Oh, I could warrant for <laughs> one of them. <laughs> if this one dies, I can buy one. I'm not going to touch one without it dying, but you know, if I have to buy a new one, it'll be that. I'd rather my PS4 be in a hanger, not slimmer, just so that I could fit an industrial fan to blow at the internals, to be honest. <laughs> Oops. I think uh, uh, Slim is just, uh, I don't know, it's just asking for trouble. So we don't really know much about the, the hardware revision. Is it, you know, is it, it might actually be better called. It might, you know, smaller components, well, the, more... The commentary on it, um, if you, just just for a decent a decent read, if you head to your game of the Digital Foundry guys, have actually gone to see the person who who bought it off eBay. And it wasn't eBay, well, sorry, Gumtree. Um, I think you got it off. Um, and they've been to see him um, and monitored it and, and actually said it is quieter, it is smoother, it does run better. Um, and like I say, it's just been the shrinking of componentry. So, yeah, I'd, I'm going to go out and say I do like it. I, it looks nice, but um, I'm not buying one because of the optical port and, and that's it. My toys are well and truly thrown out of the pram. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, anything more to say about that? I was going to say, what about the new dual shock that comes with it? Oh yeah, now that's nice. I like that because there's a lot of hate for. So the the new Dual Shock has got an additional light, and it's basically if you if you think about the line of light that goes across the top of the current PlayStation Four, they're basically putting a line of light across the top of the touchpad on the Dual Shock Four controller. Oh. And I like that because I think there's a lot of games that use the light bar for stuff like you know health status and other interesting features and. I, but when you're actually playing, you have no idea generally what that's doing. If you've got a light on the room, you don't know what the light no, bar is no, that, doing. That's true. You've got to be in the dark and you've got to have the pad pointing at a part of... Well, you can see it glowing off your fingers, but you like to say, you have to be in the dark. Yeah. So actually, to provide some visual feedback for the player on that, I think is a really interesting idea. And I think it will encourage more people to use that feature and perhaps remove some of the, the information, the heads-up display on the screen that perhaps clutters up our, our view when we're playing games. Yeah, it's a nice, it'd be a nice way to do it. Um, have, have they changed the shape slightly as well? I, I, I think, looking at the photos... Is it, is, it a little bit, is it a little bit smaller? I don't know. The, the, um, the trigger buttons looked inset slightly differently, but I, having not held one, I don't know if it feels any different. I think if you look at kind of evolution of a, a control pad I think the trigger buttons are going to be the place where they're going to change things I think everything else is going to be relatively standard but I would like to bet that that's where the kind of development and if there is a difference that's where it's going to happen well, certainly what they've done with the um, with the new Xbox controller for the um, uh, for the Xbox One S they've, um, they've done some trigger button optimization on that no, it's all um, all interesting and it's just interesting. It all got leaked, and I think we have um, I think we have a listener question on that. In fact, we've got two listener questions that might be appropriate here. Let's do. Them. Um, so the first one is um, 
should the PS4 Neo increase the leaked specs to narrow the gap between the Xbox Scorpio? Um, it's from Mike Tack. Thinking myself, they need to do it to keep ahead of the game. I don't think they will. And the reason I don't think they will is based on what Andrew House said after Scorpio was announced and the fact that the the leaked date for release of the Neo that we had was October this year. I strongly suspect they're going to announce the Neo officially in September. Yeah. And I think they're going to say it's available next month. Yeah. I don't think they can change the specs. No. Because I, I imagine they've been in production for some time. I, I think that's the case. Um, whether whether the actual production specs are slightly better than the leaked information I is would a different question. Um, but we've I think we've touched on this a little bit before. Um it's regardless of whether they think they have to compete or not, they've still got a year's jump on the Xbox. So that'll yeah. determine whether it works or not. Yeah, well, it's, well, Andrew House said after after the Scorpio reveal that basically in, in this day and age of iPhone coming out and saying, here's the new iPhone, it does X, Y, and Z, and it's available tomorrow. He was surprised at how early the um, the Scorpio announcement was made, which which really makes me think that Sony have actually held their their hand a long time on this one. I think I think they're going to shock us by saying it's available very soon. Yeah, and and it'd be the right thing to do rather than is you build the anticipation, um, but there's a limit to it. Um, no one wants to wait for two years any longer for a new machine to come. That's true. Okay, and the other question that we have, which I really like this one, uh, Nick Case wrote to us and said, uh, in the last week we've seen two leaks from Sony, uh, the PlayStation DualShock dongle, which is the um, so that you can use your DualShock to play PS Now on your on your PC, uh, and the PS4 Slim. When was the last time a large Sony product wasn't leaked ahead of announcement? It's a good point. It's a good point. Now, I got the press release on the um, Bluetooth dongle, and I, I dongo did... dongle dongle. Oh, sorry. clean your ears out, dongo. man. I thought you said dongo. Yeah, you said dongo. <laughs> Maybe the audio cut out at the end. And um, but the um, I, I seem to remember I've played games on my laptop with my PS pad plugged in. Um, uh, well, not plugged yeah, in, but were. I actually connected. I plugged it in and then used a third-party program to connect via Bluetooth. So. Um, is this just Sony's first-party solution that uh, for those people who don't want to get? Because it is a bit of a faff to connect it all. But um, or am I confusing this with the DualShock Three? I think it was DualShock Three. You could do that. I've definitely done the DualShock Three. I thought you could do it with the DualShock Four. It isn't simple, and it can be quite frustrating getting it working. But I thought you could do it. No, I, I've only ever been able to use the DualShock for wired. Okay. Will but maybe it make maybe you use the first solution? Yeah. Will it make you use? the um the actual dongle on your laptop or actually we just leave your DualShock 4 with your PS4 I think it would make me because I've ne- not tried it I've I've only ever used remote play on the Vita but um because I have such problems with that I think I would happily try to use remote play with my laptop and then if I can connect a, a PS4 controller then that's going to be the game changer I think that is a really good point actually that's a really good point for um yeah for improved remote play yeah because I could easily see myself taking my my MacBook and you know my DualShock Four dongle and my DualShock on a business trip with me and um you know linking up to play Deus Ex. You'll have to report back after your next trip then. Yeah, you're gonna make me buy a dongo, aren't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. Buy yourself a dongo. <laughs> see if it works. 
Okay. Um, so no, I I can't remember a PlayStation product that wasn't leaked prior to launch. Vita certainly was. Marketing. It's all marketing. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say these. It's these will be smoke and mirrors. You, it does make you think these are these are deliberate leaks, aren't they? They they aren't the total. I mean, the Gumtree thing's a bit weird. That one console suddenly appeared for sale and then was bought up by the right kind of person who's immediately going to plaster it everywhere. It's, it's just a bit strange. Here's here's the other interesting point though. If um because we don't know when the Slim's officially going on sale yet. But we've got to think that if they're um, if they're out there in the wild, if one's you know found its way off the back of a, a van somewhere onto Gumtree, then they've probably been passed on to retailers or, or at least to distributors. Are we going to see a Neo soon? I, I, I no, I, I'd have taken a stab. When's the PlayStation event? Is it the seventh of September? Yeah. So we're actually still two weeks away from that, and this leak came a week ago, so it's three weeks away. If they were going to go on sale the day after the event, they might have arrived in the country. If they're not, if it's a couple of weeks afterwards, then you still wouldn't necessarily need to get them in for another couple of weeks. And it's so it's just making that either you've got a massive warehouse somewhere full of them, which means you know that's a very very well kept secret from from certain parties, or it's a it is a deliberate leak. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to say which one it is, to be honest. You can't imagine it would be easy to get a boxed PS4 out of a warehouse that's, you know, probably quite secure because it's storing the yeah. UK stuff. I mean, I, I, the, the, I, I work in logistics and di- distribution, um, and we work with exceptionally low-value, high-volume products, and you can't get any of that out of our warehouse. So for high-value items, something like this... It, it isn't impossible, of course it's not, but it just seems so unlikely so early. That's yeah. that's why I'm just I'm just not sure. It might well be genuine. Somebody's nicked it, but you know, why stick it on Gumtree? You'd be, you'd be, it'd be a guy know. in a pub, wouldn't <laughs> it? It'd be a guy in a pub doing this. Put on eBay. I mean, this this is this is what everyone else is saying. Stick it on eBay because you get a bidding war going. Yeah, but so enough it, people think it's genuine. Yeah, I, I'm sure the console's genuine. I, I'm not disputing that. I, I just think the. Um, the whole method of it, it getting out there and getting leaked is just very, very strange. Yeah, we're, we're of the opinion they might be, uh, they might be leaking it on purpose, um, and especially, oh, well, I don't know, especially when you consider how um, tight-lipped Xbox, Microsoft were about Scorpio. Yeah, yeah, mind you, they've un- when they announced that, they only announced the spec. They didn't really have anything else to do, other than that. Well, yeah, but I, admittedly, but then PlayStation haven't even announced Neo. They've no. come out and said, "Yeah, okay, it does exist," but they haven't actually announced it. So, yeah. you know, they've got they've got a hole in their boat. Let's be honest. Yeah, but it's whether they've made their their own hole is the <laughs> is the key thing. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think Graham's opinion is that it's above the waterline. So what else have we got? Uh, oh, there's um there's an open beta for Battlefield One. There is. It's uh, is it this weekend? I think it's this weekend. Um, my point for sort of adding this as a sort of discussion topic is is more uh, battlefield one it's obviously set within the well i say within the but in the same time frame as the first world war obviously they've looked at the uh, uh the history um and thought right we've done second world war modern warfare has been done okay what else is there i know we'll go for the world war one and i think that the overall concepts and how they approach this, um, the different multiplayer games and, and whatever, 
um, campaign they have, it, it's all going to be fine. It's 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 a tried and tested formula. It always works. It's just what garnish they put on the top and whether or not the the kind of the the, the historical weapons and machinery and horses um, are going to be enough to sort of um, satisfy everyone. I mean, personally, I think they are because I think it's that much different to anything that's kind of come before in a way they've kind of almost taken it back a step they're adding modern kind of ways of uh it's going to be a step up in graphics a step up in performance but they're obviously taking it a step back in terms of history so mashing the two together i think will work very well it's going to be different it's going to be fun um and i'm looking forward to it i have to say i wasn't when i first heard about it i wasn't enthralled uh and then i saw little bits of footage and, and some more bits about it and what it what it's got for me, what it encompasses is it's got that kind of um the battlefield mentalism. It's, you, know, you know the first time you know the first time you play battle battlefield and you kinda of whack it on and then there's, you know, jets flying overhead and then there's some tanks driving past and you know, there's a sniper eight miles away who takes your head off while people ride past on quad bikes. Uh, you just you do that first time you drop into a game, you just kinda of stand there for a minute and you go Oh, seriously? I don't have a clue what's going on, really. What do yeah. I do? Where do I go? And you you find your role. You find what you what you can bring to the battle. Are you going to drive a tank? Are you going to fly a jet? You know, I, I don't bother with the jets because I'm a terrible pilot. But I've got my my role on the ground as a tank gunner. I'm pretty good at that. Um, and I think I think it's got that variety. And it just looks like you know, hey, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna chase a tank on a horse. <laughs> Why not monkey tennis? The thing that um, it's, yeah, it's got it all. I love it, and I think I'm really pleased that, given the absolutely huge amount of futuristic shooters that we've had, they didn't go that direction. I think the thing that's got my interest is: have you heard about the behemoths? No. Right, so um, the behemoths sound like uh, they do sound a little bit perky, um, but um, effectively, if they come into play, they they will come into potentially support losing sight. And they will be massive airships or tanks or even uh, even a battleship. Um, and they can be crewed by everyone on the team. So oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and I love that idea of um, if it's a 16 versus 16, that's 16 players inside an airship fighting to turn the tide of battle and the way to take them down is not just a lucky grenade strike or a few hits from a machine gun there are specific ways to deal with them and the opposing team has to figure it out and work together to stop them and it sounded like a really great way of putting in team objectives and forcing team cooperative gameplay without actually really ramming it down people's throats and making it hard work it's kind of like taking out the Atats in uh, Battlefront. Yeah, I, th- I wonder if they've learned a little bit from that. It's really hard work that. unless you work as a team. Yeah, it, I mean, it's um same studio, isn't it? It's DICE. Mm. So so the, they will have had all that feedback, all that information from what has been a good game. Uh, Battlefront is good, and I, I keep saying I'm going to get the DLC when it becomes very cheap um, because that, that Death Star stuff is looking lovely. But that aside, um, yeah, they've learned a lot from that. And I think they've realised how people will play together and how they will work together if you just give them the right mechanics to do it. And I heard about that stuff this morning, and I just thought, that that sounds amazing. I, I would love to have a go at that. And apparently in the open beta, which starts next week, um, you're going to get that opportunity. 
Did you bang your head in your microphone? Oh, hit my headphone. <laughs> so you're going to get a nice clung um, <laughs> when you listen back over this. Um, yeah, okay. So I'm, I am excited about Battlefield 1. And to be honest, I'm just so bored of future shooter, space shooter, that I, I'm actually really looking forward to the World War One setting now. Cool. Right, anything else to add, Mr. Watkinson? No, as I said, I think the basics are there. It's whatever garnish they put on top. And as you said, I think the garnishes so far look pretty pretty good so yeah i'm uh i'll be investing in that okay so the battlefield one open beta begins on the 31st of august um and if you're part of the ea insider program then you get early access from the 21st of august oh so basically you get access to another demo yeah and um interestingly enough dice aren't putting an end date on it now didn't they do something like that with hardline that it sort of rolled and rolled and rolled I, or did yeah, they do, do you know, did think... they do multiple betas and that if you were in the first one basically you ended up getting into all of them so it's they just basically did, did... they definitely did multiple ones with hardline and i think i think they pushed the deadlines or i think they reached the deadlines and then kept extending them i, I don't really recall I, I did play some of the hardline beta but it yeah. just just felt like a reskinned battlefield 4 and and not like a full price title so it kind of put me off if i'm honest yeah no, I, I wasn't overly keen on hardline. Um, okay, so I think that's a uh, I think that's a good point to draw a line under that and move on. Right, so uh, it wouldn't be a podcast in August 2016 unless we paid some lip service to No Man's Sky. Um, it's a game that's proved somewhat controversial since release. A lot of people saying that it's um, it's perhaps not lived up to the expectations of the hype that preceded it um a lot of people flat out calling sean murray and uh hello games you know liars for uh not including a lot of the content that was uh speculated or promised um i i'll be honest i'm gonna say i don't really know where i stand on that front because i didn't pay much attention to what was put out about it <laughs> i did pre-order it i was excited about playing it um and i have done now so I know Matt and Graham, I think, are probably coming down on opposite sides of the spectrum with this one, with, with me sitting somewhere in the middle. So um, who who wants to start talking about it? Yeah, I don't mind starting. I um, I, I didn't, I, I, to be honest, I, I didn't read too much before I played it, mainly because I was in Tenerife for two weeks, but uh, I didn't actually sort of get all, all around, sort of wound up in the hype. Um, I didn't see too much of what was promised and what wasn't promised. I had a look at it sort of first off and just thought, you know what, I'm going to pre-order it, I'm going to kind of get into it, I'm going to make my own opinion. Um, and when I started playing it, I, it, it was okay. I, I, I was kind of relatively sort of happy with with what I found, sort of graphically, it wasn't amazing, but from what I'd seen beforehand, it certainly sort of lived up to expectation. Um, I'm not a fan of games where you have to craft lots of different kind of elements and potions and solutions and different things to kind of get to throughout the game. So already, sort of that is something that I'm having to kind of come to terms with, and but I was happy to kind of undertake that to sort of um, experience the game sort of as a whole. What I'm doing almost retrospectively now is looking at sort of what was promised and what was kind of intimated that it would be included, and I'm now sort of saying, well, actually yes, that was, that, that would have been better, and yes, that, that thing that I found quite annoying, 
actually, yeah, you you, you kind of said something that meant that it, it, it shouldn't be that annoying. And then there's certain aspects of the game that it just seems that it's a bit disjointed. So one of the notes that I made on it is that when you were younger, I don't know whether you guys are, remember Mask, the kind of uh, character game when you were sort of eight or nine years old. When you bought the Mask base, the Mask base was, was absolutely fantastic. It was brilliant. But mm. independently, it wasn't very exciting. It wasn't very interesting because you didn't have anything to kind of go with it. And I think that's kind of quite a good sort of description of No Man's Sky. What you've got is almost a fantastic kind of base it kind of product. You've got the basics. You've got the world. You've got everything kind of you need within them. But you just need some extra input to kind of make it much much better um, and I just think it's kind of missing that and, and I think it's something that can actually be addressed with sort of downloads and updates in the future so I'm not of the opinion that they've lied to us and they didn't do this and it doesn't do that and, and, and I'm never playing it again but I just think that it's one of those that they've got the basics and I think they just need to keep adding and adding and adding to kind of bring in all of these things and make it a little bit more playable. I mean, I've experienced crashes now, which are a little bit frustrating. Um, and the one thing that's mainly frustrating is the the fact that for me, and we'll talk about this later, is that I'm my time is, is relatively precious. So I don't get hours and hours and hours to put into a game. I get sort of an hour here, two hours there. Um, and the progress that you make within No Man's Sky is obviously quite small compared to other games so when you add in sort of certain things like crashes and, and other little things that kind of disappoint you, if you go out exploring from your strip ship and then suddenly turn around and think, oh Christ, I've got to walk 15 minutes back to my ship, do you know what I mean? That's 15 minutes of, of gameplay um, so little things like that, I know it's an exploration game and people sort of think that's the kind of the purest way of doing it, but just having that option to fast travel back to your ship, for example, would make the kind of more casual gamer, it would just make it a lot more kind of accessible and you'd, you'd potentially get a lot further a lot quicker. And if you make progress, then you think, great, I've made progress. I'm going to play that game next time I've got an hour or two rather than picking up another title. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with it at the moment. It's not a total loss, but I just think that there are certain aspects that could be improved and, and probably will be along the way. No, no, I think I think they're all fair points. There, there's nothing you've said that I don't disagree with, um, because the it, I'm on as Andy says, I'm, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence, mainly in some of the same reasons that he said. I I didn't pay a huge amount of attention to every single piece of blurb that came out. I didn't watch every Sean Murray interview um, delving for all the little bits and pieces that he was telling you about it. I watched a couple of gameplay trailers. I heard the procedurally generated universe statements and thought, that's a game I want to play. I, I want to go and explore a universe. Um, so from that point of view, I'm not disappointed with the game because I've got what I expected. I didn't quite expect it to be as survival-oriented as it is. Um, and you do have to spend a lot of time making sure you've got power and resource just to get around. But that's that's been an interesting 
mechanic in the game for me in that I'm not usually into stuff like that. Um, I've managed it with Minecraft. I quite enjoy Minecraft. Um, but we've talked over the last couple of podcasts about Seven Days to Die, which uses that same mentality of survival, and that is absolutely terrible. With this, I've I've been really sucked and drawn into it. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And it has given me a lease of life out of my Vita for remote play. Because that grind, if I wasn't able to do that separately when the TV wasn't occupied and wasn't meant to be doing other things, um, I don't think I'd have I'd have really played as much as I have done. Because that that same reason, when you've got limited time that you can actually do that, um, you don't want to spend exactly that 15 minutes, half an hour wandering around to then have to get back to your spaceship and realise that all you've done is collect a few bits of material. It's been disappointing to a degree in that there isn't much in the variation in gameplay. And I was expecting a bit more from, if anything, the surface-based stuff, not necessarily the space, because, you know, you fly big distances, it takes a while. I mean, seriously, what do you expect? It is an entire universe. So the people who who complained about that that aspect, I don't really get on, on to that same sort of message. But on a planet's surface, it is land, explore, take off, land, explore, take off, land, explore, grab some plutonium, take off. And you just repeat that and repeat it. Um, it needs a little bit of variation on that, but I have been drawn into that exploration aspect and trying to find the minerals and materials to upgrade. And it it has been a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. I hate the crashes. Really hate the crashes. I had it do it three times in ten minutes, um, which made me turn it off uh, last week. And I don't think I put it back on after that because I was just so frustrated but I I have been really keen to know what is at the centre of the universe Uh, and a little nugget of mystery that has kept me going. A little nugget of mystery that was uh, somewhat spoiled for you. Yeah yeah, we had a conversation about this last night Um, I don't know if you guys watched the the Honest Game trailers or the Honest Movie trailers on YouTube um, from the Screen Junkies and I think it's Smush TV as well I, I love them. I, I love the honest stuff. Um, they did the honest No Man's Sky trailer uh, this week for the games, which is brilliant. Didn't put any spoiler warnings on it and told you what was at the center of the universe. Tossers. <laughs> really, I, really, I, I, really I mean, was annoyed me. about that. <laughs> you were cross, weren't you? I, I was because because in, in fairness, it's the one thing that has kept me going. I know I'm 160,000 light years away from the centre of the universe and I can move in like 1,500 light year chunks. It's going to take me a long time to get to the centre. So it's got to be worth my while. And then for someone to ruin it without a thought uh, is actually really frustrating because that has killed my enthusiasm for going back and playing it. So that's actually not from the game itself. It's from knowing what the outcome is. I think, for me, I think the thing about the game is um, it's probably one of the things that makes it really interesting is the fact that it's um, it's not an it's not a narrative driven game; it's an exploration driven game. But it's also the thing that detracts most from it for me, um, because you know, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I'm a dad. I do a job, and I um, I only have snippets of time, and I don't feel like I'm making progress in it. I just feel like I'm going here, trading some bits, going there. You know, I've got another ship, but the the best 
The best couple of hours I had with the game was when I decided to trade up my ship to a crashed one that I found, and I had to go out and, and source all the materials to, to put it back together again. It's just not a game that's grabbed me in any meaningful way. It's, I think technically it's it's amazing. I can see, having read through a lot of the things that, that people have said and they've broken down the various interviews that the... Um, that Sean and the the staff at Hello Games have done, and there were a lot of things that they kind of said, yeah, you can do that, you can do this, you can do X, Y, Z, and those don't appear to be in the game. Like, you know, landing on asteroids, um, destroying space stations, uh, just looking through some of these, uh, you know, faction uh, faction affiliations, um, ringed planets, sand planets. Um, I think there's a lot of things that they kind of said, yeah, that's going to be there that that haven't appeared. And you can see why some people are frustrated by that. Because I think a lot of people have been hanging on their every word, thinking that this is going to be something else. And we we perhaps didn't have those expectations. I think you're right. And and that will happen with with any game at all. Um, You buy into the hype. Um, I think think that's it, though. With, with With the expanse of the game and the scope of the game, there's been an awful lot more of you can do X, Y, and Z. Whereas with most games, which are, are, are far more limited in scope, you don't have that that level of expectation. You know, okay, so in uh, in Uncharted Four, you can swing on a vine and uh, melee someone from above. That was in the trailer. You can do that in the game. But imagine if if they'd put that in the gameplay trailer and then decided not to include it in the actual game without telling anyone. That'd be pretty significant, wouldn't it? It, it would be. It would be, but I, I I don't feel like I've been lied to. I haven't bought a game and just suddenly decided, oh, this wasn't what I was buying into. Um, it is. It, I'm, I'm absolutely in the position where I'm I'm buying into it. Um, the thing that I've I found quite quite difficult to wrap my head around is the number of people um I've seen calling for refunds, um, and the fact that somehow this has brought um the whole playstation store refund policy into um into the the limelight uh, because people have, have just decided that they don't like the game so therefore they should be entitled to a refund and i'm, I'm just thinking that where's, where's this coming from you make your choice you, you pay your money there's a bit of a bit of buys and remorse here but there's not a, a total mis-selling thing that's no, gone but on you know this is this is kind of the point though if if the developer of the game has come out and said you can do these things in the game, in interviews, and they're not present in the game. They may patch them in later, but they're not present in the game that people have bought at that point. It's not like they've wildly speculated that this might be a thing. The developer has come out and said, yeah, you can do that. You can land yeah. on an asteroid. Yeah, yeah. And so why why is that unreasonable if people are saying, do you know what? I can't do the stuff that was I was told I'd be able to. Why Why is it unreasonable for them to ask for their money back? Because have they bought it for that very reason? Have you have you have these people bought a game so that it could land on an asteroid? Have they bought a game to have a space exploration adventure? Yeah, but but it's the degrees of that, isn't it? If they're if they're looking for the variety of space exploration that Sean Murray has said is available there, that perhaps isn't, then yeah, why why is what's wrong with that? They're asking and saying, hey, look, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm with you on this one. I, personally, my my personal opinion is I pre-order a lot of games, but if we really want to send a message out, we should not be pre-ordering. Yeah. Um, because I I do see it as a gamble. If I pre-order a game and I don't enjoy it, then, you know, that's my lookout. More for me for doing it again next time. This seems to be the 
majority of comments and things I've seen, it's on the people who have pre-ordered. They're saying, oh, I, I want my money back. And I, I kind of assume what you, you're getting to is if, if you aren't sure on the game or not, don't pre-order it. Don't put your money down on it in the first place um, if you're not 100% sure where it's going to go. But the pieces that are missing, and you're right, you have to go back through every single word of an interview to have identified some of the things that aren't actually there there are some things that are a little bit the the only the thing that sort of springs to mind is they've obviously changed the interface look they've changed um they have changed some of the kind of the graphical style in some things they've paired back you can tell environments have been slightly paired back it's not like what you play is completely different to what they have advertised what about, what about, you know, they've totally nerfed planet rotation, which was an absolutely huge feature of it they played on. It was talked about. Does it impact your gameplay? His words were, you can land on a planet, and then when you take off, people have reported it as a bug that the space station or the world or the sun wasn't there, but actually it's the planet rotating. I've never seen that. I've not seen the planet rotation. I've seen the day-night cycle, which is effectively a planet rotation. This is anyway, thing, but... and, and we're, okay, we're, we're, we, haven't, we haven't been hanging on, on every word, but there may well be people out there who have. And those people who base their pre-order on having listened to all the interviews and they've pre-ordered based on the interviews that he's given and he said, yes, these features are in here. You can do this. Yeah, sure, you can You can ride a camel across the you know the moon and it'll take off and it'll fly to a space station and do that. If he has said that and it's not in the game and people are disappointed because the game that he has described isn't the game that they are getting why is it why isn't it fair for them to ask for a refund perfectly fair for them to ask for one there's an entire debate on whether they're entitled to one (laughs) well that's that's for that's for sony to decide yeah well you just you just go back through the history (laughs) of games i mean fable fable did the same there were features that were advertised that never made it to the final game. I could, yeah. I could, you could scroll through Kickstarter and probably pick 60, 70% of the games that actually make it through on Kickstarter, which promise a lot never even get there. Um, you've got certain yeah, Kickstarter games which are never K- even out of alpha. This is the thing. It, it's the what he's talked about, some of it's missing, but the game is there. It's not the game. We expected, but it, and this is the point you might have features missing, but the only thing about this game I think that is different from what I expected with the survival element, everything else in terms of the global gameplay that they've described and talked about is there. Okay, so Sean Murray comes out and says, You know, look, I, I want to keep on supporting this game and we're going to keep adding in features, and everything that we add in is going to be free DLC. You know, nothing, there's going to be no paid DLC. And then a few days later, comes out in an interview and says, Yeah, do you know what? That was naive of me to say, you know, that we wouldn't have any paid DLC. And this is perhaps my thing. Does Sean Murray say too much a little bit naively because he's, he's excited, he's enthusiastic? And he gets carried away. He's he's the creative force behind the studio. He's not a marketeer. He's not a spokesperson. And he's going to say things that aren't right. And he's going to make these gaffes. But Sony that, put a lot of money into this game. Should should well, Sony? Well, have no. This him? is the question. No, but I don't think they have put the money into the game. They put the money into the marketing. 
it just it just strikes me even if Sony are putting the money into the marketing that that someone should have been there saying whoa you know giving Sean a media briefing I don't know if it it depends what kind of deal he's got um if he owns or rather hello games own all the rights and they own that piece that's why they haven't had a Sony marketer on screen he might have had somebody with him behind the scenes it doesn't it doesn't feel like it but that's that's the way it is. and um the the thing that makes me think that Sony have, have, have assisted with marketing quite comfortably, but not actually the game development is the fact it is on PC at the same time. And Sony haven't published that. So it, it's right, okay. the game is being looked after by Hello Games and whoever they've got to distribute through um, or published. In fact, are they self-published on Steam? I don't know. But but, but yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I... I think it's a good game. I, you know, let, let's let's be honest. I do actually think it's a good game. I don't think it's a game that will hold my attention, though, because I don't feel like I'm making progression. I think a lot of people feel that way. It's um, the the number of people playing it on Steam has declined by ninety percent. Not a massive surprise. I I think if you look for any any game that is given a piece of hype. Um, that its launch week will be its highest concurrent user week, um, yep. and then it will drop off. Is it a big drop off or not for that type of game? Well, I was just going to say Dark Souls Three, which was pretty well hyped, wasn't it? Had a hundred twenty nine thousand concurrent launch that uses on launch day, um, and two weeks later that had seventy thousand. The very different type of game. Elite Dangerous is a, is a fair comparison. I don't have the figures of that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's something like that, and that's the thing. That will give us a steer. Is it a huge beginning and a, a, a steep drop-off, or actually is it is it pretty normal? Is it the fact we're in the middle of the summer and that people are on holiday? It's one of those, it's one of those things that you don't really know. Is it going to be a steady user base for two years? Is it going to disappear completely by Christmas? I, I, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. What, what, what were you saying about Pokemon Go before we actually came on the podcast? The the number of concurrent users and how many of those have dropped off? Uh, the number of concurrent users for uh, or active users for Pokemon Go has dropped off by a third, and whereas that... No Man's Sky on Steam has dropped off by ninety percent. Yes, but, but what we're saying with, with Pokemon <laughs> Go is a very it is we're not comparing like for like, um, but it's that that idea of hype news in people's eyes oh yeah let's play it and then oh, okay that's not that i've had my fill of it i'm not saying whether it's good or bad for those people but it's people have had the fill and that, that happens with every single game it's it's like with anything you people either love or hate a game it doesn't matter what it is it, it's good or bad in other people's eyes because everybody's got their own opinion on it i've yeah. found it extremely interesting in this particular instance, on the hate for it. And it's been very, very strong and very negative for not that the the proportionate response hasn't been quite right. It's felt harsher than it really needed to be. I mean, it's just people's expectations have been have been. And I agree. I I agree with you on that front. It does feel harsh. And and I've been I've been devil's advocate for the sake of it, but it does feel harsh. But then like like we've both said at the front of this, we weren't invested in the hype. No, and I think no, a lot true. of people who are who are kind of into it, and I think a lot of people who did want this to be elite on the PlayStation, 
and did want the depth and the everything you know a lot of the features that sean was talking about i think that's why there's the hate for it because i think it's a bitter pill to swallow when you when you are so desperate for something and you've heard you know somebody at the top of the tree talking about what it's going to be and then and then for it not to be that you you can i can kind of see why i could i get the disappointment yeah i don't see any reason for hate on it i, well, I don't <laughs> i i th- and i it's the modern I think, way isn't it yeah i think in a lot of the response to the game it, it is a disproportionate few that are skewing it to make it seem that extreme i'm sure there's plenty of people who are disappointed um but that's not what gets reported and equally, I genuinely, you go find me find me a news article from the last week if anybody has turned around and gone, well, actually, I quite like the game. <laughs> that's that's not that's not there it, because it's not good news, isn't that? It doesn't shift your clicks and get people to your website <laughs> if you put, oh yeah, actually, we quite like this. It's it does just a nice thing for us. That never happens. No, that's a good point. So, what's the official line? What's what's the official Codec Moments line then? Because I'm I'm going with it is a good game. It's it's engrossing and if i had a lot of gaming time on my hands i I could be in it for hours and that's that's where i found myself is when i've actually had time and i've been there for a few hours i've literally just been you know mining and selling and trading and moving and everything and it is it's been great yeah but when i've got an hour here and there that's a barrier to me and i want to play something that i feel like i'm making a bit of progress on yeah no i i think um for the the two of us and our opinions and our games is, is slightly different um, but yeah, it it is a decent game. It is delivering what I expected. Um, and as I said, it isn't perfect. There are some things that I would like to see added to it, which I'm sure we will get things that are added to it in the future. But for what I wanted to do, which was take part in exploring an entire universe, it's there. And I am, I am astounded. I, was, I still had my breath taken away when I went to the galactic map and then zoomed out. And it just didn't stop zooming out. And I think I kept it going for four or five minutes before I decided to give up because I was never going to get to the end of it. it that was phenomenal. And I think it does deliver some absolutely awe-inspiring moments. And then there are some other stupid pieces, like when you take off from a planet, you get punted into orbit for no good reason. And yeah, I uh, found that a couple of times. It's, it's a bug, and it's, it's terrible because it loses the position you were on the ground, especially if you're trying to find certain way. But I, yeah, yes, it's got yeah. bugs. But you've, I hate bugs in games. I hate day one patches. I think there is absolutely no need or call for them. Yet we see it in a lot of things, and this is no different. The only reason I'm more likely to be a little bit forgiving with it is because of the size of the team it has come from and what they are delivering and and comparing it to some of the other games. I've watched a lot of Star Citizen stuff um, at the weekend because it has piqued my interest in looking at some of the other titles out there. That looks absolutely phenomenal. There's some amazing stuff in that. But then you look at the money, the backing, the number of people involved and what they're doing, you're thinking, well, yeah, you should be delivering something like that. Um, the fact it's still in alpha, if I understand it right, it's not even made a, a full release for all its components yet, is is quite surprising because it's not something I've followed closely and I did actually think it was on a, a full-on release. But but yeah, it, it's it's a remarkable achievement 
yeah, sorry to people out there if it's not quite what you expected, but I've I have you, been enjoying it. Do you think they'd have been better in some kind of early access where they could have said, "Look, here's here's the game as it is right now, and this is this is what we want to do, and these this is the this is the scope that we imagine. These are the features that we want to be there, and we are going to bring them." But no. it's not it's not quite ready yet. But you know, if you want to if you want to play it now as is, have a crack. No, no, I don't think they would at all. I think that they killed the game. Um, I, I think early access is um, is the way to limit your audience. Um, uh, genuinely, for for most of the titles have been in that. I'm struggling to think of one which has been an absolute broad spectrum hit because it's been in early access. You end up with a core fan base, um, and they will stay completely loyal and spend an absolute fortune on the game. Um, but I, I think you fail to hit the wider audience that you would really want. Are we going to draw a line under this then? What's your final thought? Final thought, make your own mind up. If you listen to this and you don't know whether you'll like it or not, but are willing to part with your money, give it a try. If you've heard enough to say that you're not going to like it, then you're probably not. And that goes for any game. It's not just this one. Um, But yeah, decide for yourself. Play it and decide, is it something I enjoy doing? Um, For me, it has been good. Yeah, and, and I think do as I do as I say, not as I do. If you're um don't pre order games if you if you're gonna get upset if it's not what you expect, okay? And that's the thing. I I pre order games because I want them to be on my doorstep the day they're launched. Um and then when I don't pre order a game, quite often I go out and buy it on day one before I <laughs> I cave on day one before I've read any reviews <laughs> anyway. But you know, if you if you are sensitive to these things, then just wait a day or so, get some reviews and just see what the consensus is. Yeah, you, you're not missing out by not playing it immediately on day one or, or the second it drops through your letterbox or the preload. It's in, I think in the way things are distributed now and the way things are run and the persistent patches and DLC that comes and, and stuff like, oh, we'll take Hitman as an example, the way that has changed since launch through planned updates you're really not missing out by not having it immediately no but if you can't wait then on your head be it yeah suck as, it as up. is mine and, and yours matthew <laughs> right um shall we uh shall we move on to oh should we do my quiz yeah let's do the quiz i'm assuming that graham's not coming back do we do we mention something about losing him through dodgy connection or <laughs> No, I, I think we should just say his just, wife burst into the room, said something about you said you'd be an hour, and then he disappeared. <laughs> we were having this video hangouts conversation. <laughs> we saw this axe fly through the room. The screen went red, and we've not heard from him since. <laughs> yeah. It's time for another Codec Call quiz. Okay, Matthew, how, how many planets are there in No Man's Sky? I believe it's something like 18 quintillion. Very good. That's exactly it. Well, I, I did have a free hour at the weekend, so I counted them. Good. Excellent. Well, this bodes well because <laughs> no, we're going to play. <laughs> I can read the marketing blurb on the back of the box. That's it. Is that, is that it? That's where it's come from. Um, well, you um, you and I are both scientists, aren't we, Matthew? And um, you know there's one thing that people aren't good at, and that's how to comprehend <laughs> incomprehensibly large numbers. Yes, and in fairness, I've never been particularly good at that. We're not, we're not good at it. Basically, because you know, as as humans evolved, we kind of we didn't have to 
know incomprehensibly large numbers because we never came across incomprehensibly large numbers of things until we started looking out into the scientific world a little bit more. So, you know, when cavemen were there, it was like, well, there's, you know, four donkeys. That's enough. You know, there's about <laughs> 10 people. Oh, I, I, I a thought cluster it was, of trees. I thought it was one and many. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's one few many. But we're not good. So when we come into ridiculously large numbers, um, you can easily visualize 10 people. I can. I'm, I'm picturing them now. Can you visualize a million people? No, not at all. And and in the same respect, can you visualize 18 quintillion planets? No. So we're going to play incomprehensibly large number, play your cards right. <laughs> All you need to do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some numbers, and all you need to do is tell me if the number I give you is higher or lower than the previous one. Okay, okay. we're gonna start with the 18 quintillion planets in No Man's Sky. Okay, okay, so looking at after that, the number of stars in the actual universe. Do you think that's higher or lower? I think it's a question on whether the universe is infinite or not. I think seeing as I have a number, we're going to say no, the universe isn't <laughs> infinite. Right. We're going to um, put some finite bounds in there. Okay. I, I'm i going to go higher. Higher? It is indeed. It's by about three orders of magnitude higher. It's 70 sextillion. Okay. Now we're going to go for the age of the universe in seconds. Oh. Is it higher or lower? Oh, if you, you've asked me in millennia and I got it. The age of the universe. I think i think it's higher than that higher yeah no it's lower it's, uh, it's 428 quadrillion is that all that's all oh yeah okay so is the number of atoms in 12 grams of carbon which is also known as the avogadro constant is that higher or lower than the age of the universe in seconds i'm, I'm gonna go lower there no it's higher it's actually 602 sextillion in 12 grams that's the number of atoms in 12 grams of carbon-12, yep. Oh, you, you just said carbon. You didn't say it was carbon-12. But I was just thinking standard carbon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is that is standard carbon. Testing your chemistry knowledge. Oh, come on. Bloody physicists. What about the mass of the Earth in kilograms? Oh, um... <laughs> right, well, no, higher or lower than Avogadro's constant? Right, I'm going to go lower. I am going to go lower on that one. No, it's higher. It's 5.97 septillion kilograms. That is, in fact, I'll give you a clue for the next one. That is, in fact, our highest number of the game. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. The next one is lower. The next one is lower. It's the temperature of the sun in degrees Kelvin, which is 15.7 million. Oh, it's actually, <laughs> it, it, it's practically zero, isn't it, in comparison to everything it's, else? It's, it's chilly. <laughs> um, okay, what is the total value of US external debt? In US dollars. Oh, it's that's higher than higher than the temperature of the sun in degrees. It is. It's nineteen trillion dollars. Oh, it's up to nineteen. I I had about eleven in my head. Uh, it's 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 definitely gone up since you were in charge of the US economy. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've done okay. such good work as well. This is this is one I had to calculate based on something else. Actually, the the average time spent watching gaming videos on YouTube in seconds per month. Right, so that's factoring in all those Minecraft videos. God, it's higher. It's higher than the US debt. It's not. It's only oh. eight point six four trillion. It's lower. Oh, it's about half. Eight eight point six four trillion seconds. 
Okay, we've got the last two coming up now. So the number of cells in the human body, is that higher or lower than the average time per month in seconds spent watching YouTube gaming videos? Right, for the last one, I'll, I'll go higher. And you'd be right too. It's 30 trillion cells in the, in the average human body. Up until recently, it was believed that there were 10 times the number of bacteria as human cells in the human body. Yes. This has recently been revised. So with that in mind, is the number of bacteria in the human body higher or lower than the number of cells in the human body? Higher. Yes, you're right, it's higher, but it's actually, it's only 9 trillion, it's 39 trillion. Um, so they're both now actually very similar. There's uh, There's been a, a study done recently that's debunked the myth that there were 10 times as many bacteria cells in the human body. In, in fact, they say now that one good defecation can cause an inversion of that figure. <laughs> that's handy to know. So, <laughs> if you ever want to balance your bacteria. So, yeah, so speaking of... Uh, Speaking of massive turds, let's end this <laughs> quiz. <laughs> right, so it's that part of the podcast where we look at listener questions. Uh, and we've got some good ones again this week. All right. Okay, who's been in touch with us? Okay, so um, we've already answered a couple of them. Uh, Stephen Barnett said, um, I've seen some speculation in GTA 6 online, uh, possibly set in a Jacksonville-style city. Uh, and he says... Where would you want to see a GTA installment set? Well, I've been saying this one for years, and I'm surprised we haven't had it as a major topic on the podcast, but um, I'm waiting for GTA Hull. <laughs> Just think about it. Oh, Just think about it. Old town. In the old town. In Well, you would you would start in the old town, you'd work your way through the muesli belt, um, and you'd end up in Beverly. Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm not convinced. Can you imagine okay, well, to stop at the... Stop at the Humber Bridge toll. Well, you'd never stop. You'd just ram through. <laughs> Is that, okay, the bridge go board. On. The bridge board would write you a strongly worded letter. <laughs> you'd interrupt all those people who would be laying cucumbers end to end across the bridge for charity. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Um, all right. Then where would you put it? I'd, honestly, I want to see. Um, I want to see a, a full three D uh, rendition of GTA London. Uh, that's that's the sensible answer. I'd actually, I quite like. Um, if I was looking for a sensible answer, I'd. I quite like somewhere, just somewhere that wasn't US. Um, I think, I think I'd have probably said somewhere like Tokyo if Yakuza didn't have all that covered. In China, China's kind of been done by sleeping dogs in Hong Kong. Yeah, um, I, so those kinds of things are okay. You know, he's got a point though. I, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna stay in the US, we've had um, we've had New York, we've had LA. Uh, we saw Miami in Vice City. I'd, I'd yeah. like to see. I'd like to see Vice City brought back in some way. You know, not not necessarily the same game, but a, a similar uh, a similar style. But do you know? I, I think if you if you're really going to do it in the US, go go south. Mm. Um, because there's a you could have a really really fun time with it. Yeah, I mean, Red Dead kind of covered. The South and the rumours of the next Red Dead game being in the uh, potentially covering the whatever whatever they called um, New Orleans, um, because you it's could imagine up. doing like a Memphis, like a, a Tennessee based. Yeah, uh, GTA. I, I think have be, a lot of fun with that. Yeah, the, you the could. country music scene. That's it. I think it's it's the sell to um, it's the sell to the gamers, isn't it? Is it somewhere familiar or not? Um, and it. I think, in fairness, Red Dead proved it didn't have to be anywhere familiar for it to work. Um, it's as long as you've got the story, the characters, 
um, and the content. So yeah, I, I'm it's struggling unless it was unless it was somewhere I don't know classically European. But then even then, we've had things like um, the Saboteur that did Paris, and it's a struggle to think of somewhere new. Paris could be good. I I don't know. What about um, Montreal? You could have some. You could have some fun with the the divide between the you know Canadian Canadians and the French Canadians. Yeah, yeah it could make an interesting uh, an interesting subplot. Yeah, some somewhere just somewhere fresh. Somewhere interesting. Somewhere in Mexico. Well, you know, uh, okay, let's let's put it this way. Rockstar are based in, in Edinburgh. Let's have Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you, you could imagine it, couldn't you? I can imagine the characters. It would work for the characters. I'm not entirely sure about the locale. Cullen would be in it. You know that for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'd have to. They'd have to. He'd be the angriest man in right. Scotland if he wasn't in that. Anyway, come on, next question. Then. I think... Okay, I think I think Glasgow. That's what I'm going for. Okay, Jonathan Gibbons says, um, as someone who's unfortunately had to change from a serious full-time gamer to an occasional part-time gamer, nothing more than life getting in the way, uh, do you think the big three console manufacturers could do more to attract the occasional gamer's market? Um, to me, spending £250 plus on a console and £40 plus on a game that gets turned on once or twice a month seems a mighty inefficient use of cash. Uh, and he goes and say, I own an Ouya. Well, someone's got to. Um, it's a great low-cost little I, budget console, but feel that it could do with some commercial support from mainstream developers and publishers. That's an interesting one. Um, and actually, I think if we get, um, if we can get Jonathan's address, if he listens to this um, and contacts us via Facebook, I will send him a sympathy card about that as well. <sighs> yeah, but ooh, I, I mean, the the Ooyah was touted as as the next big thing, wasn't it? And I, unfortunately, it did. The the idea bit, I think, the idea behind it was was perfectly sound. Um, up until the point that they tried to flog it as basically Android games on your TV, which you already had on your tablet or your phone. It, it, it became redundant the minute it got released, but it was a nice idea whilst it was in development. Um, he has got a point that I think Sony and Microsoft are both at the hardcore gamer. PC definitely is. Um, so the only people in the market who are going to appeal to the casual and the the people who are time limited and we we kind of class ourselves in that some in some points depending on what's happening oh, at yeah, work definitely. and in our lives um that actually nintendo are the only ones that really cater for that to give you that short sharp burst of entertainment and something that's just fun that you don't have to remember complicated control systems or difficult plots to get back into you just play it um so i don't think really outside nintendo anyone's properly catering for it um all the little startups can potentially do that, but they're hampered by the fact that mobile devices can do the job just as well. So, no, it is an interesting question, and definitely they could do more. Um, I just don't think for the the big two, there's a, a return on making that effort. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. When when you've basically got you know Apple TV now able to play games on and and other platforms and smart TVs where you can you can start to do that with PlayStation Now. I think other platforms are starting to get the support and PlayStation Now might be if you know if you if you have a new year if you you're not looking for the latest PS4 games because you're trying to catch a bit of gaming on the go then actually PlayStation Now might not be such a bad idea on your smart TV. Yeah. I still think that's an overpriced service and I'm not and it's just me plenty of other people will put up with it but i think the quality that you get isn't 
quite where you want it to be. It's not as sharp and as crisp um, as actually playing a game on your phone or your tablet, even though it, it, in theory it's a higher resolution and, and more horsepower. Um, but if actually that's the only way you, you want to do it and you buy into that subscription service rather than forking out the money up front, then it would work. I can't really comment on that, to be honest, because I, I, the only time I tried PlayStation Now, it basically said, you, with your broadband connection, don't even bother Sunshine. And uh, wouldn't let me wouldn't let me load it up. So I think I need to go back now. I've got a, a more stable connection, and um, and perhaps give it a go. Yeah, see what it, it's definitely worth it if there's a free trial. Just um, whack on a couple of games that you've either played before or you fancy playing, and just see what you think. I mean, and after um, of all things, I spent more time on PlayStation now doing um, Kabbalah's Big Game Hunt than than <laughs> anything else. A game I never even touched before, but because I had it as a um, as part of the trial service, I, I did give it a good crack and and quite enjoyed it. But you do notice you're not playing it live on a console in front of you that, and there's no way they, they can fully get away with the image and sound quality. There isn't necessarily lag in the control input, which is good. All right. We got another question? Yes, one from uh, one from Nick Case. Uh, he says, new Vita, yay or nay? Uh, and what would you like to see on it or not see on it? So there's reports, oddly enough, as a Sony leak that they may announce a follow-up to the Vita nicknamed Trinity. Do I want to see another Vita? No. <laughs> no, and don't get me wrong, I, I do not regret buying my Vita. I don't regret getting it on launch day at all. I have had my money's worth out of it. Have I used it as much as I should have done? No. And do I use it for anything except remote play now? No. I think that's entirely it. If I if I was going to have another Vita, I think it would have to have the full functionality of the DualShock 4, and I think it would have to be a, a very affordable remote play device. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Um, you know, it's the um it's the game content that's needed and um I think after Killzone Mercenary, it's probably fair to say there weren't any big budget titles. I, I don't think I've bought a game since Mercenary. Um, and the big budget games were good on there. They they did provide a great experience. But then we were just hit with, we were hit with Android ports or some just, uh, just because I have a pet hate of 8-bit side-scrolling shooters. I, oh, they died years ago. We don't need them. Um, there are some not, great games. I mean, I've, um, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't, but I just don't think it's it's the support. It's the games to keep it going that have been the problem. Yeah, but this is what I said. But there are still some great ports coming through on it. But that's the trouble. Is a lot of them are ports of things that you've already played. So I, I mean, I've picked up XCOM: The um, uh, Enemy Unknown Plus Edition, and it's great. And it includes the um, it includes all the content from Enemy Unknown and, and Enemy Within. Um, but it is a game that I played on the PS3 years ago. Hmm. Um, same with Sid Meier's Civilization 2. Oh, 2? Oh, they're just about to release 6 on that as well. Sorry, no, uh, Civ Rev 2. Oh, right, so the revolution. Ah, okay, got you. Yeah, a yeah, game, sorry, a game that I enjoyed on the on the PS3. Um, but yeah, as, as a, would I want it on the Vita now? No, no. And, and, and that's the I think that's the issue. It's just... It's not had the continued support. And, and we've complained about this before and we've talked about it to death. And uh, Graham will like to remind us that um, he predicted it, its death about two years ago. 
um, <laughs> which in fairness, you know, so many years out, you can predict the death of anything. It, it's, it's a point, it, it, it was probably writing on the wall very early for first-party game support, not necessarily the device itself. I, I would be surprised if they, they came in with another entry into the mobile space. Because, you know, the PSP, PSP was a, a success to some extent, you know, perhaps not so much in the Western world as, as in Japan. But the PSP Go was misjudged. Yeah, it was almost like a stopgap, wasn't it? Just to keep keep things going until the Vita came out. Yeah, and the and the Vita kind of came out around about the same time as as smartphones started to saturate the market as well. And and uh, you know that there wasn't that need as much, and and it hasn't got the pedigree and the the support with the games that the um, the 3DS has got. So yeah, I'm I'm not too bothered about a new uh, handheld console. However, um, I'm sure there'd be plenty who would be. Right. Well, see, I've not I've not heard this this rumor, so uh, I'm no, I'm no, I've I've not heard it either. So it um, yeah, um, okay. Any other questions? No, that was it. Right. Well, no, some good some good listener questions, good feedback this month. Um, keep them coming in because um, it does give us things to talk about. We've nattered far too much about No Man's Sky, although I say that after editing, it'll probably run to about ten seconds. Um, but it is time, I think in the last part of the podcast, to do our Codec Momentums. So we're in August. We're recording this before the end of the month. So we do have some finishes. and We've got some people still to get the results in. They've got a few days left. So um, we're obviously not picking a winner at this point. Um, but we just really wanted to give a quick shout about our leaderboard. Because yeah. we implemented it after the last podcast, and we populated it, and then we updated it with July's momentums, and after all the grief we gave Stuart Cullen for not being at the top, he put himself at the top. Um, <laughs> so it was rather disappointing for us, but obviously great for him. Everybody needs to put into momentums and, and challenge it and work your way up the leaderboard. I believe you've done a few yourself this month, just trying you know, to well, improve. I set out to do Doom, and then... Uh, something, something kind of captured my imagination. Oh, that was it. I was driving home from uh, Scotland, and I decided to put on the um, "Everybody's Gone to the Rapture" soundtrack, uh, and it really inspired me to go back and get the platinum. So I did a finisher. I know you did, and you did this. It felt like in conjunction with um, Nick Case. Yes. Well, I said I was going to do it on Twitter, and Nick said, "You know what? I should do it as well." And we've acted like a little support group, and it's been really nice because I think, to be honest. If Nick hadn't been kind of G'd on by me saying, oh, yeah, you should definitely do it, then he wouldn't have. And if Nick hadn't actually started to um, make progress and keep sending me screenshots, I, um, I'd have sacked it off blatantly. So, um, yeah, yeah we, we had a little, we had a little um, support group going where um, we'd, be, uh, we'd be communicating about the best way to get certain trophies and sending each other screen grabs. It was really nice. So... We're um, we're going to do it again this month with Rocket League in um, in September. Ooh. We've decided. So if if anybody else wants to join us in trying to get the platinum for Rocket League, then um, come and join our little trophy support group that we're going to uh, we're going to have in our, our yeah our Codec Moment support group. That would mean I'd have to start the game. Same here, mate. Same here. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a naught to sixty zombie. <laughs> No, that's good. That's good that it's worked. I mean, I know we've had a few previous months where um, numerous people have pledged The Witcher 3 uh, and aimed to get through that. Um, and I think some have been successful, some haven't. So, uh, yeah, it's nice. So we offer encouragement and motivation, um, but also, obviously, 
a little support network as well. I'm thinking perhaps this is uh, perhaps this is something that we could set up on our Facebook group. I don't know if anybody's interested there. We could put a post up for um, the Codec Momentum of the Month, or if anybody's interested, why not go to our Facebook group and just create create a post for the game that you want to play. And if anybody else wants to to jump on your bandwagon, then uh, they can do that. If anybody else has already got the platinum, then they they can comment and uh, give you some support. That might be a nice way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, let's try that. Okie um, dokie. I will give a couple of shout outs because we are on the podcast. So um, those of you who are still to finish, you know who you are. Send us some uh, photos in um, as soon as you've done it. But I'm going to give a shout out to VitaFan9, who pledged two. Um, he's deliberately picked game names that I can't pronounce, but I will go with it. So we've got Muramaza Rebirth, which he did as a finisher, and that came through. Um, well done with that one. And Orishika Tainted Bloodlines, which he also finished, uh, though not a finisher on that one. Um, but excellent two games through this month um jedi junkie went for need for speed the 2015 version finished that one and was a finisher as well so um excellent platinum on that i think i did have a quick conversation with him about it and uh yeah he wasn't necessarily recommending it to anybody else um <laughs> nick hulk uh chucked us in and i think both these came from his prize from uh back end of last year or beginning of this year with yeah, the handheld right, yeah. mega drive and um, but he did eSWAT and echo the dolphin finished both of those off and um, we've got you and haunted crime yes everybody's gone to the rapture both platinums what? i think you've what both I used didn't... the same screenshot there we we actually we actually haven't but what i didn't realize was that we did actually platinum the game in a very similar place because we we both left the um the trophy for completing Steven's part of the story without doing anything else until last, which I didn't yeah. realise. But yeah, we we have essentially got almost identical screenshots. I think it, mine has I think mine's been taken maybe a second or two after his was by the looks of it. It's either after or before, but yeah, they're very similar, almost the same room positioning um you did doom and i did i got the worst i got the worst screenshot for the plan oh, for the yeah, yeah. uh for the finishing trophy i didn't i didn't platinum it but for the the completing the game it's a white screen with just the trophy tag on it terrible um which it is actually slightly better than uh mine uh for mirror's edge catalyst um because i've turned my screenshot trophy grabbing off um and so i had to go into my trophy menu to find it um so it might be a bit boring as well but i did manage to get through that um so yes they're the ones that are done for august we have got more to go into that and as soon as we've got the results we will draw or we will draw our monthly winner and we'll update the leaderboard and i think we're going to see some big changes this month i've got about five days left to platinum hitman go because I put that one in as a finisher as well for this. Oh, yeah. It's about forty minutes. Is that nice and easy? So uh, I'm I'm heading I'm heading up towards the top. I want to I want to be up there after this. So I'm I'm aiming for eleven points in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. will put me, which will put me in new level pegging. It it will. You, you're quite right. But as you've just pointed out, there are a few days left. We're three days oh, of a bank holiday, and. I might have something I can put in there. Do you, I'll be checking the timestamps on when you submit it because I know I know what you're like you, for, hey, for hey, being I, a stickler to the rules. I'm, I'm a stickler for the rules, so I definitely will be genuine about it. I know what platinum I'm doing next month anyway. <laughs> I have my September sorted. Is it Mankind Divided? Oh, God, no, not as a platinum. That's, <laughs> that's about 500 hours required, I think. 
<laughs> All right. Well, yeah. yeah. But yes, you're if gonna keep um, us in suspense, you're going to tell us. I'm going to keep you in suspense. I'll reveal it on the next podcast. Oh. Okay. Um, so right. if you want to join in, head to codecmoments.com forward slash Codec Momentum 2016. I'll just grab the link off the menu bar. Submit your game in the form. Read the terms and conditions. And um, make a note of the fact that if you get drawn out of the hat, there is a gaming voucher prize. I think that about wraps us up for today, doesn't it? It does. And I've just checked the time count. I'm not even going to mention how long we've been recording because no, the actual no. podcast will come nowhere near that, but it's much longer than I expected, and I'm so glad I wiped the memory card before we started. It was a good idea, that. It was a very good idea. So if you want to take part in Codec Momentum, then go to codecmoments.com and click on the Codec Momentum 2016 link in the bar at the top, and uh, you can submit your entry there. Right. Okay, so that's it. That wraps us up for uh, this podcast. Thanks very much for uh, paying attention all the way through to the end. It's, uh, it's very appreciated. If you want to get in touch about anything that you've heard today, then please do so by tweeting at Codec Moments, or you can tweet me at Clinical Andy, or you can email at contact-us at codecmoments.com, or you can Facebook us at Codec Moments. Um, we still accept Morse code, but we haven't had one of those for a long while. Mike, you need to send us a new one. And um, I think I think we should have hashtag Morse codec. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should. Yes, send us a Morse code and tweet us and let us know hashtag Morse codec. Um, and and Graham seems to want us to have a postal address, but um, yeah, we're not setting that one up anytime soon. Oh, he's gone now, so we just give his address out. Yeah, go on then. He's, he's having apoplexy now, running towards the radio. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Gonna do that. Um, so thanks very much. Um, yeah, drop us a line. Let us, know, uh, let us know what you think about No Man's Sky and about the amount of time you have to actually play games, um, about the, the new Sony hardware iterations that we're, uh, we're anticipating being uh, announced very soon. And what you think about Battlefield 1 if you, get, if you ever go to the beta. Um, and oh, yeah. if you are... Um, friends with us on the playstation network or xbox live um and we're online and you fancy a game let us know yeah good plan right well thanks very much and uh we'll be back soon bye <laughs> bye